This week, I'm going to share some of the writings of Rabindranath Tagore. I'm sure you know his name. He was a Nobel Prize winning author from India. And uh, he was the first one to win the Nobel Prize in literature from the Asian region. And of course, from India also. Until date, he has been the only one to win a Nobel Prize in Literature from India. Most of his writings are in either Bengali or English and the ones that I'm going to share here will of course be from English. In case you don't know, the beauty of Tagore's writing, it lies in the poetry, in its simplicity and yet the depth with which he talks about spirituality. So that's where I'm going to begin this series on Tagore. And in this particular episode, I'm going to narrate an essay on religion. The essay is called Simple Ideal of Religion and it was translated and edited by Amitabh Chaudhary. In fact, it's, it's a collection of essays that I've got with me. It's called Selected Essay on Aesthetics by Rabindranath Tagore. So the one essay that I'm going to narrate today is called Simple Ideal of Religion. And you'll get a flavor of what Tagore's writing is all about. So without any delay, let me narrate this essay to you. Here we go. To light a lamp at a corner of my room, I will have to arrange for it. I depend upon many people for it. Somewhere oil seeds are sown. Elsewhere oil is extracted from these seeds. And somewhere else this is sold and purchased. All these efforts are involved in lighting a lamp and the light we get after so much arrangement is so little. Anyhow, the requirement for light at the corner of the room is met. But with it, there is more, more darkness all around and outside. But no one has to depend upon anything to get morning light that illuminates the whole world. No one has to labor to make it. I only have to be awake. Nobody can resist that light. You have to open your eyes and open the windows for it to enter your room. If someone says that great skill is required to see morning light, immediately there will be doubt in the mind that he is not talking of natural light but some artificial light to see something specific. Morning light showers on us naturally. But for a little artificial light, factories and workshops are built to produce it. Religion is like this morning light. It is plentiful, inexhaustible and it is simple. It is God's own gift to us, eternal and ever-present. It encompasses our inside and outside 
and exists eternally in us. We have only to open our heart and wish to get it. If we had to organize and make elaborate arrangements to get sky full of daylight, we would never have got it. Similarly, if we have to make elaborate arrangements to get religion, which is a recourse to our eternal life, we'll never get it. Whatever our arrangement we make for ourselves to build something is complex. Our society, family and way of life are all complex. Very often, due to our stupidity, such complexities overwhelm our heart with pretensions of greatness and intensity of multifarious manifestations. Our pseudo-intelligence sees great virtue in the complex writings of philosophers that we do not understand, and we show great appreciation with wonder. We are in awe and bewildered with civilizations whose processes to progress are complex and deceitful. But a philosopher who can explain philosophy simply is really a gifted and knowledgeable person with the power to make one comprehend. A civilization that can make all its processes well-disciplined and well-coordinated to make these, sim these simple to be apprehended by all is the civilization which has really progressed. However wonderful the facade may be, complexity has its weakness in itself and its purpose is unfulfilled. Simplicity only is fulfillment. The ideal of religion is fulfillment and hence simple. But our misfortune is that Man has strewn dharma with all the complexities of the human world. It has become so difficult to comprehend and approach because of the various complex theories, orders, practices and strange imaginations. Every day a practitioner is discovering a new way in man's self-made complexities and forming his own sect. There is no end to adversity, hate, Disquiet evil and domination friction arising out of the different ideas of the practitioners of dharma. Why has this happened? The only reason is because instead of full devotion to religion with our heart and soul, we have tried to shape it in our individual mouths. In order to make it useful to us, we have reduced it to our measure like other things of our daily use. There is no doubt that religion is our great necessity. But if we reduce it to a thing of utility to serve the purpose of daily use, its real necessity is lost. Religion is beyond all smallness of differences of countries, time and people and is not subject to any aberrations. Because of its absolute necessity for people at all times and places, it is a support to us for eternity at every state of our living. In conceptualizing religion, we look at it according to our individual nature. And as human nature is different from one 
another, one religion becomes many due to the varieties of our nature. And complexity is inevitable if a singular thing is conceptualized in different ways. This complexity causes conflict. But religion is not to be conceptualized. God is beyond a concept. What we think of him is not him. It is not religion. It is only our idealizing as a symbol based on our concept of family and life that gives rise to complex thoughts and conflict. Our happiness ends with conceptualizing to a thing because in forming a concept we limit it and then corrupt it. So the Upanishads have said what is omnipotent is happiness. What is limited does not have happiness. The thought that we can understand the omnipotent if we reduce him to our own limits causes our sorrow. Such misunderstanding cannot protect us from our sorrow. So it is not by our understanding but by our feeling that we will have to realize the omnipotent in ourselves. It will no, not do us any good to split him in pieces to contain him within the limit of our daily life. Let me give you an example. A house is necessary for us for it gives us shelter. The open sky is not livable but it is necessary for us to allow the open sky to remain open. If our home has an unhindered connection with the open sky, then our home will not become a, a prison or our burial ground. But if we say that we will make the sky our home and erect huge walls, then our home will be bigger, but the open sky will go afar. If we imagine that we'll, we have got the sky as our own by erecting a huge roof, we will deny ourselves the sky that is the birthplace of light and playground of heaven and earth. That we can get simply will make scarce by our complex endeavors. We can get worldly things by binding these with us, but religion and its sovereign ruler can be got only by severing this bond. That is, what is beyond this world cannot be got by the worldly means of possessing. Actually, our happiness is not in possessing. And uh, by our fruitless attempts to possess, we only lose our happiness. This is why the saint has said, Mind and words refrain from getting him. He who has known the happiness of Brahmo is not afraid of anything. Once upon a time in India, the ideal of religion was very simple. It is in the Upanishads. The revelation of Brahmo is complete in it and is simple in an undivided form without mesh of imagination. The Upanishads say, He is truth. Otherwise, nothing else in this world is true. He is wisdom. Whatever is there is his knowledge. 
what he knows is only there and that is truth. He is eternal, eternal truth, eternal wisdom. The Upanishads have dissolved this motley world in his eternal truth and his eternal wisdom. The Upanishads have not imagined him in any human form, have not established him as an idol, and have not talked about building any temple to worship him, because he is formless, and discarding all kinds of complexities, he is unperturbed by any imagination. He has to be felt completely. By saying that Brahma of the Upanishads is incomprehensible, we should not forget the immortal teachings of the sages. We cannot say that the sky is unapproachable because we cannot use it like we use a piece of stone. In fact, because of its inaccessibility, it is easily accessible. The wall that we build with our own hands is very difficult to scale, but the endless sky is so much available to us. The wall has to be scaled, but there is no meaning of talking about scaling the sky. The morning sunlight cannot be collected as fistful globules of gold, but can we say that because of this reason it is difficult to obtain light? Actually, a fistful of gold is very scarce, but morning light is available in plenty and no one has to buy it. No one pays a price for it. It is priceless. Similarly, Brahmo is in the Upanishads. He is everywhere inside and outside us. He is the innermost and yet farthest. We are true by his truth and we are revealed in his happiness. Who will be in health and stay alive if this happiness is not there in the sky? That happiness is spread fully in the celestial sky is why we breathe and live by the moment. All living beings are born of this all-encompassing happiness. All living things are kept alive in this all-encompassing happiness that they enter in. Whatever has been said about God in all the scriptures are these simplest. No imagination is required to feel him. Nothing is required to be written. No great distance to be travelled. And there need not be any waiting for an auspicious moment for the development of such a feeling. If there is an interest and desire in our heart to feel him inside us, then his happiness we will breathe. It will rhyme our heart. Then his happiness radiates in our intelligence and we see it reflected in our happiness. Like the daylight forever waits for us to open our eyes, Brahma waits forever for us to open our heart. I was once living alone in a boat. One evening, as I was deeply engaged in reading by candlelight, evening changed into dark night. Tired, I put the candle out and immediately moonlight filled the whole room 
through the open windows. The small candle that I had lit had so long debarred this light that was spread full in the sky from entering my room. I did not do anything but blew the candle out to receive these ceaseless light rays. What did I get? Not a lamp that I needed to stoke or a precious stone that I needed to stack away in the chest. I got light that gave me boundless happiness, beauty and peace. I received much more than the little thing I discarded. To get Brahmo, one does not have to try like trying to extract gold. One only has to try like trying to get morning light or moonlight. There are so many predicaments, difficulties, frictions and adversaries to get a piece of gold. But it is so simple and easy to get Brahmo. You only have to open your heart. Whether I know it or not, I have an eternal relationship with Brahmo and this relationship kindles my heart and in its realization is my worshipping him. The hymn to make me aware of this relation and kindle heart is very simple. It can be said in a breath and uh, that's what it says. Collect from all around, everywhere. First, collect from earth, space and the sky and then carry it to your mind. I feel that I live everywhere in the entire universe not in a specific place. With such thought in mind, a venerable man stands at least once a day amidst sun, moon, the planets and the stars and realizes his eternal relationship with the universe. Like the health, conscious man gets goes out of a closed room to the open to breathe fresh air. And similarly, the saint goes out in the open to implant his heart on earth, sky and the universe. Standing under the countless star-studded sky, he sings the hymn, I meditate the good who has given birth to this universe. I meditate the power of the Lord of the universe in all I see and visualize. I realize that the great universe is together dispersed from him in a moment and every moment. What I cannot end by seeing and what I cannot conceive fully by knowledge, he is forever transmitting to me in totality. By that thread, I am connected inseparably with this power who reveals this universe to me. What is that thread? And what is that connection? I will meditate him with the cognition of my intelligence and conscience which he has bestowed upon me. One's happiness is Brahma and he who has known this is never afraid of anything. If this is what should be, then the birth of saints in India, the teachings of the Upanishads and Gita and the many sorrows and the affront for many centuries she suffered will not be fruitless. Peace.